Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to, to be here today. I want to take a minute before I keep going and, and thank so many people that have put in so much effort as we've gone through the last few months of continuing to kind of reconsider and relook what, at what worship time or gathering time looks like because we, we, by force, right? We can't meet or gather together the way we did before. And so we've had to kind of look at it differently. And that has taken courage. That has taken people with a willingness to apply their talents, whether it be technically or physically. Um, and either way, it's required all of us to kind of change what we expected and what we did. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the amazing people who are here at Gretna. Um, we have been so blessed as we've kind of tried to make this transition. And I say that on purpose. I think some of these things that we're doing are permanent. I think more than likely uh, what we're doing here online, this kind of gathering digitally, I think is a personal, permanent piece of who we are as the body of Christ now. And so I'm excited to see where God takes that. Many of you know that before I got into this, or was able, blessed, I should say, to be pastoring full-time, that I worked in, in restaurant management. And over the course of my time there, I had to come to a realization, the realization that some things were just bigger than Rob alone could handle. And, and I had to learn. I had to learn to delegate, and I had to learn to empower others, and I had to learn the value of surrounding myself with people who are better at some things than I am. <laughs> and because I like to think I can do it all by myself, but at the end of the day, there are some things in life that are difficult for us to do alone. In fact, they're beyond our capacity to do alone. This change that I started off talking about, too big for one person to pull off, or two or even three or even four, it's taken dozens of people to make this work. And without that understanding, without us all being willing to do our part, it wouldn't have worked. So what does that have to do with our current study? Well, it just so happens that studying Scripture isn't one of those things that we can fully accomplish alone. We've, we alluded to it earlier, reminding ourselves that as we're observing Scripture in, our, in the second week of our series, this is, by the way, it's called How to Study the Bible. It's four parts is SOAP, right? Scripture, observation, application, and today's prayer. But in our observation section, we talked about the idea that you can't just study Bible in a silo. You can't just do it all by yourself, that it requires all of us working together, communally interpreting the things of God that keeps us on path and on track. But there's one more component, one more person that I really do think has to be involved in our study of Scripture, and that's Holy Spirit. You know, God makes it pretty clear that the Holy Spirit is required to fully understand His Word, that we cannot do it without Him. We can understand bits and pieces and parts, but all of it, what it looks like, how we apply it, what it teaches us, those are things that only come with the help of Holy Spirit. It says, and Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, he says, but the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit. That would be, in this case, the Scripture, the Bible himself, itself, right? Because it is foolishness to him, he is not able to understand since it is evaluated 
spiritually. It's evaluated by the Holy Spirit, right? That those words in there, it says the person without the Spirit. It's what my translation says. It's literally the natural man. It's the, the us without the benefit and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's not about um, a lack of ability or a lack of intelligence. That's not the issue. Where, it's, where it says in there, it says, not able to understand. It simply means that we clearly cannot understand all of what Scripture says on our own. It's, it's not a matter of if I just learn more or if I was just smarter, I'd be able to figure it out all by myself. If I just work harder, I can figure it out all by myself. It's not true. It requires the Holy Spirit. And to be sure, each of us who knows the Lord, is saved in the Lord, has access to the Holy Spirit. It's one of the basic commitments that Christ gives each of us, right? In John 14, 6, he says he will send his helper, his advocate, to be with us, to counsel us, to convict us, to push us. We all have access to that, but I don't know that we always ask for it. (laughs) Access is not the same as implementation. It's not the same as embracing the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. And that, that can apply not just to Scripture itself. That applies to everything we do and how we live out our faith. We talked last week about application, right? Applying the Scripture, putting it to work in our lives. Without Holy Spirit's involvement, we're probably going to fall short of the goal that God has laid out for us. So where that applies here in our study of Scripture, right? Our last word, prayer, is focused largely on taking the time to pray and to invite Holy Spirit into our study of God, to kind of sit alongside us, to teach us, to counsel us, to push us, to illuminate, right? The scripture is a big word, to shine the light, be the light in the darkness. Because if we're left as the natural man, right? the person without the Spirit, all by ourselves, we have a lot of difficulty seeing through the darkness of our world and in some ways our own darkness in order to clearly see what God is trying to show and trying to teach and trying to use to transform through his holy word. So specifically, we want to pray every time we read scripture. We want to pray for the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and bring clarity to the scripture. To do that, we're going to dive into Psalm 119. And if you've read the scriptures before, you know that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It is 176 verses. But I think it's telling that the core of Psalm 119, and phrases repeated throughout it, are focused on gaining an understanding and following the Lord's commands, understanding his scriptures, understanding his desires for us, understanding what his word says and how we should apply it. All 176 verses are focused on that. And so the, the, the next question is, are we going to read all of Psalm 119? And the answer is, we are not going to go through all of that today because 176 verses is an awful long time. But I would strongly encourage 
you to take the time today as an application point before we even finish talking, that you would take the time today and in the coming week to repeatedly read through Psalm 119. Read through it and ask yourself what it is asking us to lean into. Right? What is it asking us to pray for and to ask for and to expect from the scriptures and that God has promised to provide. So let me give you some specific prayer points, some specific things that I think you can, you can pray for as you begin to read scripture, as you begin to ask for Holy Spirit to illuminate, to light it up, to reveal to us his eternal truth. Because remember, we talked about that before too. His truth doesn't change. How we live it out probably subtly changes in nuance because we're in a different time. But that doesn't change the core of the truth or what it's calling us to. So how do we, how do we ask for Holy Spirit's necessary involvement? Because again, this is bigger than you and I can handle. It is a burden we cannot carry alone. So let's look at some verses. Let's look first at verses one and two. Let's start there. It says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instruction of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him in all their hearts. Search for him. The first thing that I think we should pray as we begin to approach the scripture and ask for Holy Spirit's involvement is to ask him to open our hearts so that we search for the truth. We live in a consumer world where uh, we really do want everything to be super easy and super fast, even God's word. We want to be able to sit down, stick it in our box of, I can read through what I need to read through today in 10 minutes. I can clearly see what I need to see what God has for me. I can check the box and I can move on to the next thing. God never promises that. He promises that he will illuminate for us if we hunger and thirst for his righteousness, we will be filled, right? So Matthew 5 eight or nine says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Those who hunger and thirst for the things of God will be filled. Not those who sit around and just kind of go, okay, God, give it to me. (laughs) God's word is filled with depth. It's filled with truths that are designed to be revealed to us by Holy Spirit at the right time in our lives. It requires effort. It requires conviction it requires commitment and an understanding that it's, it's not always going to be simply lit up and revealed to us. So we need to pray for God to open our hearts and minds so that we are willing to search and not simply expect him to reveal it easily because we are not intended to be just consumers of his word but doers of his word. Let's jump forward to verse 11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Pray for Holy Spirit to help us remember, right? To keep it hidden in our hearts, to keep it at the core of who we are, to remember what we have read. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have trouble remembering what I had for breakfast today, (laughs) let alone what the word of God has taught me today. And so I would encourage us to do things like journal, 
to write down the things that Holy Spirit brings to our minds as we read, to write those things down and to put them in places we're gonna see, where we are going to see them and remember them all day. But most importantly, pray for Holy Spirit to keep it embedded in our hearts, to remind us of what was said and to bring it to life. That's a great reminder if he can somehow take what he's taught us today and show it to us. Ask for him to help you do that, to remember what you have read. It's not something you just move on from. Let's keep going. Verse 29, it says, keep me. This is horrid. This is hard. Keep me from lying to myself and give me the privilege, the privilege of knowing your instructions. And we talked about this a minute ago with 1 Corinthians 2, the the natural man, the person without the spirit. You know, we kind of sometimes get in our own way. We talked a little bit about that with application last week when we said, hey, you know, sometimes, as James says, we're a bit like people who look at themselves in the mirror and then turn away and forget what they saw, forget the brokenness we saw, forget the challenges we saw, forget the, the failings that we saw because we like to see only the good things. And essentially, we're lying to ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves is what James said. We're lying to ourselves here. Pray for the Holy Spirit to remove the natural tendency to read scripture in such a way that we only see what confirms what we want to believe about ourselves and the world, but instead shows us the reality of what God is calling us to. Pray for him to get myself out of my own way. Let's keep going. Let's look at verses 35 and 36. It says, make me Walk along the paths of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness to follow your laws rather than a love for money. Pray for Holy Spirit to convict our hearts and transform our desires. As, as Jesus said, he is an advocate for us and a counselor for us. His, his job is not only to defend us before God and make no mistake, Holy Spirit is there to help defend us before God. He is also there to encourage us, to push us, to convict us, as we talked about a second ago, to challenge us to move forward as God desires us to move forward and to be transformed, to have an eagerness for the things of God is right. That eagerness for your laws rather than the love of money to actually change our priorities So we pray for Holy Spirit to transform us by the renewing of our minds, to change what we find to be important. It may not be getting a promotion at work. It may be establishing a powerful relationship with another brother or sister in Christ that needs our help. It may not be winning a game, winning the state championship in football. It may be having an opportunity to bless someone else or to fully understand and experience God's work in our personal hearts and lives and minds. Changing our priorities. Let's go to verse 91. We're gonna make a big jump. It says, your regulations remain true to this day for everything serves your plans. Pray for Holy Spirit to show us how to apply scripture 
It's really easy to read an older book like this because it is. It's an old book compiled over thousands of years by hundreds of different writers, right? And it's really easy to kind of say, well, that was then and this is now. But God's word is eternal. It is absolutely eternal. And ask him to reveal to you the eternal truth that is contained within whatever it is you are reading today in the scriptures. There's some nugget there, something that, that he is wanting us to pull forward, to bridge the gap from then to now and say, you know what? What I was telling, writing to those people about then has value for us now. What am I going to do with it? Ask him to show you how that makes sense. I'll give you an example. You know, it's, there are multiple sections in the book of Corinthians about, and in the book of Romans about eating food sacrificed to idols, right? If we become so narrowed down on that issue, on that being the only issue, then we miss out often on the meaning intended to be gleaned from that issue. Because truthfully, how many of us are ever having discussions about food sacrifice to idols? Although admittedly, I have. I've definitely had that discussion for real in a very real situation. But that's not the norm. That is not a normal discussion. And if we're stuck being consumed by that being the point, we will totally miss the reality that God is calling us to remember from whom we get our nourishment, from who, to whom we are loyal to, because eating food sacrificed to idols is an indicator that, that our loyalties are divided. And so God is calling us through that example to an eternal truth that the Lord our God is one, that there are no other gods before him. Ask Holy Spirit to reveal that eternal truth. In verse 105, let's go there. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide to my path. Pray for Holy Spirit to guide and light our path in this dark world. Because make no mistake, the world is dark. You know, it's really hard sometimes to figure out where we should fall on any one of a number of issues. Which groups should we support? Which political party should we back in a given election? Which person should we place our trust in? Which things should we be angry about or not angry about? And the truth is, if we're left wandering on our own, we will probably end up running into walls. (laughs) We will end up stubbing our toes and we will end up investing in things that we do not need to be investing in because they are not the things that God is calling us to. The truth is, as much as we'd like to think we see clearly, our own light, the light we give off, isn't bright enough to see our path effectively, to avoid the potholes and the difficulties and the challenges. And as we approach Scripture, if we really believe this is, this is the key, right, This is the key to understanding God and understanding his intentions for us. If we really believe this is his God-breathed holy word, then it is the light to our path. And Holy Spirit is critical to us seeing the path that is laid out. 
And the truth is, it's the key to seeing through the darkness that pervades and touches just about everything else in our world. It's much e- even the darkness from within our own hearts. And so pray, pray that the Holy Spirit will guide our path, that it will illuminate the darkness both outside and within so that we can clearly see him. I'd like to close with what I I think is a prayer. It's the last seven verses. It's, It's Psalm 119, 169 to 176. And after the 168 verses of talking about the value of God's word and his commandments and talking about the difficulties of challenging, of of the challenges of understanding it and following it and pleading with God to reach into his heart and mind and, and illuminate the word and to bring about the change that needs to happen and to give clarity and to understanding. This is how he finishes. This is how the psalmist finishes. Read along with me. I would encourage you to open your Bible. I'm reading a CSB. It says this, O Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. Listen to my prayer. Rescue me as you have promised. Let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all your commands are right. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandments. O Lord, I have longed for your rescue and your instruction are my delight. Your instructions are my delight. Let me live so I can praise you. And may your regulations help me. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have not forgotten your commands. It's my hope and prayer that we will ask Holy Spirit to help us remember, to bring us back from our lost ways. Because we're all kind of in danger of wandering off if we don't learn to submit to the call he has upon us and honestly, to humbly ask for his help because we need it. God bless. Have a great day.